Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at ozarkfolkcenter.com. Hey everybody, I'm Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week we'll be focusing on two musical instruments that are dear to our hearts here at the Ozark Folk Center, the dulcimer, both the hammered and the mountain dulcimer. We'll also take a weekly trip down to the vault to hear what Mark Jones has picked out for us, and Brooks Blevins will educate us about some of the place names of these mountains we live in. This week on Ozark Highlands Radio. Mountain dulcimer is thought by many to be an original American instrument. Placed across one's lap, it usually has three or four strings tuned to an open chord and is fretted with one hand and picked or strummed with the other. Jeff Hames took place in the National Dulcimer Champion at age 18 in 2006. Jeff's known for his unusual style and his willingness to push the envelope with dulcimer music. Here he is at our Dulcimer Jamboree in 2015. Thank you very much. My approach to the instrument, as you probably have noticed, is to play stuff a little outside the box, not traditionally accustomed to the instrument, and uh, push the envelope as far as I can, pretty much. And uh, when I was growing up in, in Mississippi and playing with our group, we always had you know, just the, the core traditional tunes, but I was always the one out here in left field doing all the, the different stuff here. <laughs> And uh, I, I met a, little a few people in my, in my group just, you know, they, they stopped playing with me. <laughs> they wouldn't even do it, play with me anymore. It's just like, no, you play all that weird stuff that's not allowed on the instrument. It's like, where's the rule book, you know? So. Thank you. 
Dwayne Porterfield is a retired police officer from Kansas City. He went to Winfield, Kansas in 2014 and took first place in the National Dulcimer Championships, and now he lives in Mountain View. Let's listen to him now.
Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I tell you what, if you want to cleanse your system, if you know what I mean, go on after these people that's been playing so far tonight, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. Jeff Ames is good, huh? All right. Well, I'll do what I do and see what happens, okay? This next one's a Charlie Daniels song. I've been working a little bit with the, with the uh, Roots program, the, the music Roots at the school. And, uh, and man, it's been a real opportunity. So uh, this kind of reminds me of this song. It's called uh, Little Folks, Charlie Daniels tune.
That was dulcimer champion Dwayne Porterfield playing Shenandoah and Little Folks. After the break, we're going to head down to the vault to hear Mark Jones tell us a little bit about local fiddler Buddy Lancaster. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. You know, it's that time in our show where I like to go down to the vault and visit our resident folklorist, Mark Jones, who kind of keeps track of all our recordings that we've made over the last 40-some years here at the Ozark Folk Center. Let's head down there now. Mark, are you down here? Yeah, Dave, I'm over here just walking through and looking at all this stuff, and it, I, you know, I run across uh, one of these recordings that reminded me of the first fiddle player that I met when I came down here, uh, Buddy Lancaster. I remember Buddy Lancaster. For a long time, he would have been considered one of the best fiddlers around here, don't you think? He played a lot of dances, and uh, that was at the Folk Center, and and then he played a lot of dances at different people's houses. If you remember coming out a few times, I bet you heard Buddy out at my house. I believe I've square danced to Buddy a few times. Probably so, Dave, probably so. You know, and what always amazed me was during the day he was one of the best stonemasons in Mountain View. He built many, many fireplaces and did a lot of rock work on buildings and stuff. I can't imagine doing that all day and then trying to play fiddle at night. I know from my own experience that rock work is not very conducive to nimble fingers. I guess not. I bet it wouldn't be. You know, the last house that I had him do the rock work on, one day I walked in and I looked, and they had set the mantle up. And it's the dog trot log cabin right down here. They had set the mantle up, and Buddy had laid the rocks, and they were going to make sure that it was all nice and level, the mantle. And I walked in, and all of a sudden I looked, and it, one side of the mantle was way down from the other. Oh, no. Yeah, and I asked Buddy, I said, Buddy, did you uh, level that out? And he said, well, I set a level on it, and I seen the bubble go by. <laughs> but I, he was a fine fella. Of course, he fixed it right away. And I tell you what, he is one of the best fiddle players that I've ever heard around here just for a good old time, make you feel good, want to dance, 
type music. Have you got one of our recordings uh, that for us to listen to? Well, I sure do. One of the tunes that he uh, re- played all the time, this was recorded back in April of 1973, and it, Dave, it's called Bear Creek Hop. Let's load it up and take a listen. All right. That's a great tune, Mark. I remember him playing that years ago here at the Folk Center. Oh, he's, he was a, and a fine fellow. Had a nice house down on the creek and spent many a day and many an evening down there with Buddy. Yeah, like a lot of the good old fiddlers, he's passed on now, hasn't he? Yes, he has, and we sure miss him. It's left a big vacant spot. Well, I'm glad we've still got some recordings of his music. Me too. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thank you. About the only similarity between a hammered dulcimer and a mountain dulcimer is the fact that they have strings. Because where a mountain dulcimer has three or four strings, maybe sometimes five, a hammered dulcimer has a lot of strings, just about too many to count. It's really more like a piano that's played with hammers. Jess Dickinson is a dulcimer player from Mississippi, and a fine one at that. He's also a justice on the Mississippi Supreme Court and makes dulcimers on the side. Let's listen to him now.
nothing like mixing a little, uh, a little Simon and Garfunkel and Beethoven. <laughs> uh, this next song is one of my favorite tunes. It was my grandmother's favorite tune, and I'd like to play it in her honor, Sweet Hour Prayer. Thank you, St. Louis Woman Blues. Thank you. 
That was Hammer Dulcimer player Jess Dickinson playing the St. Louis Woman Blues. Now let's listen to a little more mountain dulcimer from our local friends Jack and Mary Geiger. Jack and Mary came through here years ago in a motorhome and decided to make this their home. They now ramrod a music festival every year here called the Mountain View Dulcimer Festival. Let's listen to them play a great tune called Shove That Pig's Foot a Little Closer to the Fire. And they do off that old tune called Shove That Piggy's Foot a Little Closer to the Fire. that one in what we call our animal mutilation series, the shove that piggy's foot a little closer to the fire, nail that catfish to a tree, uh, maggots, in the sheep's maggots in the sheep's head, yeah, yeah squirrel heads and gravy, that's yeah, just, they all kind of fit right in there. Different so, instrument. Yeah, so continuing on the theme of different instrument night, um, this is called a dulcy banjo, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen these before. It's a dulcimer that went to the dark side. So we're going to do It's a Sin to Tell a Lie. Thank you. 
That was Jack and Mary Geiger playing It's a Sin to Tell a Lie here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park. After the break, we're going to hear a segment from Brooks Blevins telling us a little bit about place names in the Ozarks. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. in a name like Ozark. Have you ever thought about that? It's an odd name, Ozark. So where does it come from? What's its etymology? For starters, the word Ozark is American-made. It wasn't brought over from the old world. It developed right here in the middle of North America. And like any name emerging from this melting pot of peoples and languages, its story is multi-ethnic and multilingual. It starts with a small American Indian nation in the lower Mississippi Valley. Today, we know them as the Quapaw, but some of their Native American neighbors knew them by a different term, an Illini word that meant people of the south wind. It was the French whose attempt to imitate the term phonetically named the tribe the Arkansas, for the French were the first Europeans to lay claim to and settle the Mississippi Valley. It was in 1686 when a group of soldiers representing King Louis XIV of France established a post in the land of the Quapaw, in what today is the delta of southeastern Arkansas. But to the French, this was the land of the Arkansas, and later, in the 1700s, when French officials at Arkansas Post sent letters and documents to France or to New World French outposts in Canada or on the Gulf of Mexico, they invariably signed off O's Arkansas, meaning in the land of the Arkansas, or simply from Arkansas. And O's, by the way, was spelled A-U-X in French. Over time, the French officials at Arkansas Post took to abbreviation, as we impatient humans are wont to do, 
and the sign-off Ozarks or Ozark became a familiar sight on their letters. Gradually, this little portion of France's American empire became known as Ozark for short, and the new regional term eventually accompanied French trappers and traders up the Arkansas and White Rivers into the high country at the western edge of the Quapaws' domain. By the early 1800s, when the Quapaws' territory and the rest of the vast land west of the Mississippi, the land called Louisiana, became the soil of the United States, the name Ozark had come to represent the hilly and mountainous land that stretched almost from Texas to St. Louis, what we know today as the Ouachita Mountains and the Ozark Plateau. It was this area of some 60,000 square miles that U.S. Army engineer and mapmaker Stephen Long dubbed the Ozark Mountains on his 1822 map. Major Long was an English speaker, of course, and the spelling he used was an anglicized version of the old French abbreviation. Instead of A-U-X-O's, Long labeled the region with the spelling we recognize today, O-Z-A-R-K. The label Ozark Mountains continued to be used for both the Washitaws and the Ozark Plateau into the early 20th century, until the Ozark region shrank and the highlands south of the Arkansas River became simply the Washita Mountains. Modern maps identify only the hills and plateaus north of the Arkansas River as the Ozarks. And this American-made name, with contributions from the Quapaw, the Illini, the French, and English-speaking American citizens, remains a popular word on our maps today. We have towns called Ozark in Arkansas and Missouri, and in that hilly part of southern Illinois that looks and feels like the Ozarks, even if most modern geographers say it isn't. Alabama has an Ozark too, but it's nowhere near the region. They just like the name. We have the Ozark National Forest in Arkansas and the Ozark National Scenic Riverways in Missouri. The Ozark Trail, still a work in progress, will one day connect both states. And, of course, there's Ozark Highlands Radio coming to you from the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Arkansas. So, in honor of the state where this whole etymology story had its beginnings, let's go back in the hills and down in the Arkansas with Jimmy Driftwood. Down in the Arkansas, down in the Arkansas, down in the Arkansas, the sweetest girl ever saw was down in the Arkansas. Down in the Arkansas, down in the Arkansas, down in the Arkansas, the sweetest girl ever saw was down in the Arkansas. I had a cow that slobbered bad down in the Arkansas. I took her to my great granddad way down in the Arkansas. I asked him what to do for it down in the Arkansas. Grandpa said, teach that cow to spit way down in the Arkansas. Down in the Arkansas, down in the Arkansas, down in the Arkansas. The sweetest girl I ever saw was down in the Arkansas. Down in the Arkansas, down in the Arkansas, down in the Arkansas. The sweetest girl I ever saw was down in the Arkansas. They had a wedding that couldn't be beat down in the Arkansas. A girl named Oats and a boy named Wheat way down in the Arkansas. The people sang in a major key down in the Arkansas. They sang what shall the harvest be. Let's get back to some music that was recorded during our 2015 Dulcimer Festival here at the Folk Center. Larry Conger was originally from Mississippi and now makes his home in Tennessee. He's a music teacher and a winner of the 1998 Mountain Dulcimer Contest. Let's hear him play the Tennessee Waltz. I think I was not listening. I was in the 
ladies' room. No. I think Joe mentioned that I'm from Tennessee, and you know when people find out that you're from Tennessee, what do you think they want you to play? Rocky Top, yes, so I'm not going to do that tonight. Okay. But I am going to play some Tennessee tunes tonight, so you'll um, um, have a chance to sort of see if you can recognize these. So start out with our state song, and uh, for those of you who are um, sort of geographically challenged, that's the Tennessee Waltz.
That was Tennessee dulcimer player Larry Conger playing Walking After Midnight. Russell Cook is a hammered dulcimer player and maker from Oklahoma. He took first place in the 1981 Hammered Dulcimer Championships in Winfield, Kansas, and builds hammered dulcimers full-time at his business, Masterworks, in Bennington, Oklahoma. Here he is on stage at the Ozark Folk Center.
That was Russell Cook playing Simple Gifts, The Water is Wide, and Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme at the Ozark Folk Center State Park. Let's finish our dulcimer segment today with Jeff Hames playing that old traditional tune, Rock Around the Clock. This next tune for all you 50s lovers out there is going to be a, a tune off my first album, a little Rock Around the Clock for you. Well, that's it for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed our All Dulcimer program. For more information about what you've heard this week, as well as a playlist for other shows, be sure and visit our website, ozarkhighlandsradio.com. Until next week, I'm Dave Smith. Bye, everybody. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from Arkansas State Parks with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. More information online at arkansas.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at ozarkhighlandsradio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar. Ozark Highlands Radio.